Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the last one of the week, hoping we find everybody in great form today and smiling. Uh, John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls at 1850-333-103. Our text and WhatsApp's also available to you at 0862-103-103. If you have a question to put to a GP, please get it into us because uh, Dr Nick Flynn of mycorkgp.ie will be offering advice to us this morning in particular around the new testing criteria for COVID-19. But your questions are welcome. And I know a lot of people are not able to get out to their GP at the moment. So I'm sure Nick will do his best to answer any questions that you may have so you can get them into John Paul or to Sadie. Or you can text or WhatsApp me. And uh, sadly, the death toll from the coronavirus in this country doubled yesterday in a single 24-hour period. The announcement came that 10 more lives have been lost and the number of people who are testing positive uh, rose as well in a worrying sign of the deepening impact of the virus. The fatalities announced yesterday involved older people in nursing homes and in hospital. The fatalities pushed to 19. The number of people who've now died as a direct result of covid 19 and the Chief Medical Officer Dr Tony Houlihan said 255 people had been diagnosed as positive with the infection brings our number now to 1,819 I'm assuming by when today's figures are added to that would have gone over the 2,000 euro mark. The average age of people who have died was 79 but that does mean that the people younger than that and people older than that have also uh, died. Nine of the patients died that were announced yesterday were in the east and there was one here with us in the south. Dr Hoodan said he's particularly concerned about increasing levels of hospital intensive care admissions and they are rising daily and they are the figures that we really have to watch. There are 370 patients with the virus who needed to be uh, hospitalised But out of that figure, 47 are in intensive care. And I actually think that number has gone to 49 this morning. But anyway, we'll get more confirmation on that when the figures are released later on uh, today. But even at 47, this day last week when we were reporting on the intensive care patients, 
there were 17 in intensive care. That's now gone up to 47. Dr Tony Houlihan said he was also concerned about clusters of infections, particularly in hospitals. And the ones I truly worry about are the clusters of infections in nursing homes, because you've got a lot of very elderly people in nursing homes. A lot of them will have underlying health conditions and it could just wipe out a, a, a complete um, all of the residents in a, in a nursing home if, if they got a cluster uh, of it it really is shocking the rate of community transmission where people are picking up the virus without knowing the source. This is also a frightening figure that has now climbed to 51%. Tony Houlihan is uh, obviously says when you're looking at those figures uh, he is and we can expect more deaths. He said if the number of cases increase the number of deaths sadly are also going to increase. He said it's still in relative terms is a small number. He said it's not unusual. He said to remember that to see a thousand deaths during a winter flu season by way of context and they're expecting coronavirus to be way worse than a normal flu season. He said the health service was preparing for some of the serious impact of the virus seen in other countries. But he said it wasn't he wasn't predicting that that would happen here. And certainly people have been following Italy very closely because Italy, I think, took the very brave decision of allowing camera a camera crew I think the Sky News they allowed in to film inside in their intensive care their high dependency units and what we witnessed and saw was absolutely frightening and Italy did that by way of warning to other countries now we would hope that we're all playing ball playing by the rules and we would hope that we wouldn't be following what has happened in uh, Italy and when you look to other countries the United States now leads the world in the number of confirmed coronavirus uh, cases. The US topped that list, 82,000 cases testing positive. They're just ahead of China at 81 and Italy at uh, 80. Italy then has the most confirmed deaths of any country. They have more than 8,000 people have lost their lives there. More than a thousand have lost their lives in America. New York State is now the worst hot spot in the nation, accounting for about 400 of their 1,000 deaths. Uh, Most of those are in New York City, where hospitals now are getting swamped with patients. The number of infections around the globe yesterday reached the half a million mark and the death toll had climbed to 23 uh, thousand. So they really are all very, very frightening figures. And just kind of on a, a bit of a positive note, I don't know if you took part uh, or not, but at eight o'clock last night on the dot, many people threw open their front doors, windows were opened, people gathered out on the streets, people were out on their balconies. Um, there was, in some areas, there was horns of cars were being beeped and Ireland literally for one m- minute stood and applauded our health care uh, workers. Uh, I think for that one moment, this country, we put aside all of our fears about health, all of our fears about the economy, and we came out to recognise those who really are taking the biggest risk in this global pandemic. I think Mark Hillard in the Irish Times summed it up by saying it was a virtual movement of the welcome kind and it was it was just a lovely lovely moment and it's something that has happened in recent weeks I think it started first in France they've been doing it in Spain they've been doing it in India they've been doing it in Italy and other countries and people just urging each other towards a public display of gratitude and admiration 
for those healthcare workers. And last night it became our turn here in Ireland. And the message really kind of spread by word of mouth. And there was a lot of it on social media. We mentioned it yesterday here in the programme. And even in the Dáil, uh, the TDs, they stood. They were obviously um, doing their discussions on the emergency measures, but they stood for that moment and uh, they clapped uh, as well. Now, exactly how far the applause spread is not clear. But if you were looking on social media, there was lots and lots of videos went up. So they were very blurry, but they went up of neighbours gathering together out on streets and you could hear we went out into into my back garden and we were clapping and then we stopped just for a moment to see if we could hear and you could hear all of the other neighbours were out clapping as well and it was just one of those lovely just a little moment um, just to, to say thank you I suppose and I thought it was summed up beautifully by Eileen Dunn the RT news reader at the end of the one minute of clapping she said just a moment to show our appreciation for all the good work going on in our health service ladies and gentlemen we salute you and we do we salute each and every one of our healthcare wor- workers because they are the ones who are really putting their lives at, at risk and on another slightly good news story to do with COVID-19 on something that we highlighted yesterday student nurses are now to be paid for their work for the duration of the COVID-19 crisis crisis. This got announced yesterday by the Health Minister Simon Harris. All student nurses and midwives will be offered a contract as a healthcare assistant on a pay level of €28,000 a year. There's currently, I'm told, 4,000 student nurses. Simon Harris says, I want to thank our student nurses and midwives for the brilliant work they're doing in what is a very difficult time. He said, we now need all hands on deck to what is a very challenging period. Now, he did emphasise that it is an offer and not an obligation and he knows so many of the student nurses just simply want to uh, play their part. So it's certainly a well, well done and a good move, I think, by the Minister for Health. Everybody saw what these young nurses will be doing and they deserve, they they rightly deserve uh, to be paid. Now, some of your texts already coming into the, to the programme this morning. Uh, firstly, Lorraine in Drummahan says, Trisha, I'm wondering, is there bingo on in Rathmore tonight? But Lorraine, I can tell you, bingo has been cancelled everywhere for the foreseeable future. I know initially everything got cancelled for the for the two weeks which is today it is two weeks today since we started our type of lockdown I know Leo Riker doesn't want to call it a, a, a lockdown um, but that two weeks has been extended so uh, um, for the foreseeable future Lorraine you can be guaranteed you won't be playing uh, bingo Patricia the one thing we need from a government on the virus is transparency their policy is we must live with it for instance a nurse working night shift only found out in the morning that two of her colleagues that worked that night had only returned from a Spanish holiday two days previously that's not good enough the government are doing nothing to keep out the virus. I find that extremely hard to believe because anyone that's come back from any form of a holiday abroad, travelling anywhere, have got to self-quarantine for 14 for 14 days. I mean, we had the head of the public health service, a doctor here in Cork who had last weekend went to London to see his family and he came back and he's self-isolating for 14 days. So I would find it very hard to believe that nurses were back working having just come back from Spain for, for two days. Unless you're talking about there was something that happened many, many weeks ago before we were putting people into uh, self-isolation. But something that did happen yesterday, and Dennis is raising this, was a tanning studio in Waterford called Miami Tanning. They reopened yesterday. Now, 
Now they were promptly shut down by the Gardaí. They had implied on a Facebook post that UV light could be used to treat coronavirus which obviously is a complete and utter uh, hoax and the Gardaí moved in promptly and said no way Jose you are not an essential service and they forced them to close down. It was just utter stupidity and utter stupidity to think that people would go along and and decide to have a go for a tanning session in the middle of all of this. Isn't that just bizarre? And then we're hearing this morning from people, Tim and Middleton included, said I was driving past Gary Vaux yesterday and the beach was packed. The roads around Gary Vaux, small side roads, all full. So as people are dying from COVID-19, Others are simply just not listening. I didn't see any social distancing yesterday on the beach. There were so many people all bunched together on the beach. The message is just not getting out to people. And Carmeline Kinsale, she said the amount of people driving from outside the Kinsale area yesterday afternoon was frightening. Social distancing wasn't happening. Locals are worried in case people spread the COVID-19 to the Kinsale area. Now, you certainly could go for a drive. There's nothing wrong with going out for a drive, but it's people parking up and heading onto the beach when there's already huge numbers of uh, people. And we also had an email in, and I'd be interested in people's views on this. It's from a West Cork town uh, to say, Patricia, what do you think of this? While out last evening, walking as part of my COVID-19 self-isolation, I saw an English registered car with people and luggage pull up outside a holiday home. They put their luggage away and quickly went indoors. This simply is not fair to our local community who is small at this time of year and who've worked so hard to keep our people safe. Nobody should be coming off the ferry or down from the big cities to holiday in West Cork regardless of whether they own a home or not. End of story. And regardless of the financial loss to people renting out these holiday homes. Suck it up. Keep our community clean. I'm appalled that this has happened and we can't stop it right now. Kind regards and that's from Mary. And yesterday we were talking to people out on the islands who were very disappointed at Cape Clear, Bear Island, Shirkin Island, very disappointed when they've asked people, leave us alone on the islands while we get through this pandemic. We don't believe we don't have COVID-19 on it. Please don't come out when you could be carrying it. And the thing is people we now know that people who end up getting diagnosed with COVID-19, they would have been contagious for many days in advance of getting symptoms. And they don't know, so they don't know they had it, have it and therefore they don't know that they're spreading it. So please, people, if you're going out and if you want to go out for your walk, that's fine. But when you go to an area, if you go to an area where you see there's already a lot of cars and a lot of people, then turn around and find someone else, somewhere else that is quieter. And I know the... Cork County Council and Garda Shikona and when we spoke with James O'Mahony yesterday on our Garda file he mentioned this as well Cork County Council and the Garda Shikona are advising that traffic restrictions and patrols will be in place this weekend across beaches and amenity parks right across Cork County members of the public are asked to respect and adhere to the advice of government and the HSC in relation to physical distancing gatherings at such facilities is discouraged and will be dispersed traffic will be diverted by Angarda Shiacona where necessary Cork County Council continue to ask the people of Cork County to work with them in their ongoing community support programme and the message is you know be safe follow the HSE uh, advice and please don't congregate in areas where there's lots uh, of people and they're going to be out on the weekend but I think judging by the calls we've been getting in this week probably because the schools are closed and probably because a lot of people are not at work 
either working for home or temporarily lay, laid off. Uh, people during the week now are heading to the beach and heading to parks and heading to nice areas to go uh, for walks. So I'm wondering with the Gardaí and Cork County Council with their traffic restrictions and the patrols in place at the weekend I suppose they're hoping that what happened last weekend won't happen again this weekend I'm wondering are they going to have to go out during the week as well and put those traffic restrictions in place Patricia asked people to stop treating this like a summer holiday coming down to Cork McSherry Mary is sitting in her home seeing numerous cars coming in to the village and I have to say the amount of people that are contacting us from tourist areas particularly in West Cork saying the number of people that are around is absolutely alarming. Carol says, good morning, Patricia. Here the weather is expected to be very good this weekend. I hope the beaches and parks and public spaces will be closed off by the guards so that we don't get a repeat of last Sunday. I feel a full lockdown is coming. Um, Because with the weather improving, it'll be impossible to keep families indoors and it will be the only way to stop people is to go for the full uh, lockdown. Actually that's something a a number of other people are saying as well like this one is in, there's no name on this Trish in response to Mary in West Cork who's worried about people coming and staying in holiday homes. I live near Skibbereen and the holiday homes are packed plus we're overrun with English registered and Dublin registered cars. There's an influx in the last few weeks. It's uh, scary uh, particularly for our elderly relatives because the danger is that we don't know who's actually coming in and what they're bringing in and if any of them are have the coronavirus and don't know that they because I don't think anyone would deliberately go away if they knew they had the coronavirus but you simply don't know because you don't seem to have symptoms and you can still be contagious Eileen says listening to you about self uh, isolation but it simply is not in force particularly people coming into this country we need to set up some kind of quarantine f- facilities maybe something like Baldonnell airfield and then when people come in you put them into self-isolation there they're doing that in did I hear South Korea is doing that they have motels at the airports and everybody coming in off a plane is made to stay there for 14 days and I know in China because the only cases that China now have of COVID-19 are people coming into the country so what they've started doing is you can still go into China but you have to self-isolate and they, you, wherever you're self-isolating you have to tell the authorities now, granted it's a communist country so they can they can put things like this in place but you have to tell them where you are and somebody will call you at various times up to th- between three and five times a day on a landline at the number where you're at and you have to be there or you'll be booted out of the country fairly uh, quick. Eileen, back to Eileen's text though. Eileen says they need to cancel all the flights and shipping coming into this country only allowed a, only allow aid in and out and ground all the rest of the flights. I, I can't see there'll be many people coming on holidays at this stage. I think most of the flights coming in and out at the moment are flights repatriating people, bringing people back who want to come home and taking people out of this country who are trying to get back to their own uh, country as well from what I can gather. And then I think we're going to see very few flights except for the cargo ones bringing in the supplies that we need. And just a couple of updates on things we're following up on. Uh, Minister Jim Daly is in contact with both Minister Regina O'Doherty and Pascal Pascal Donoghue in relation to the extension of the fuel allowance and Jim says once he gets an update on that he'll get back to us thank you for that Jim and Councillor Frank Roach who we spoke with yesterday and this is the driving licence issue where people are trying to get a renewal of their driving licence 
and in certain categories you have to go to the doctor you have to get an eyesight test you have to get a medical a certificate and of course GPs flat out working they deem that a routine appointment so they're not doing them at the moment um, and we know for the over 70s that's been wavered from now up until the end of July but for under 70s it wasn't so Councillor Frank Roach has been on and he said it's now been looked at for the under 70s in particular for the heavy goods vehicle drivers and we need those heavy goods vehicle drivers more than ever to get the items that we need around the country and keep our supermarkets uh, stocked. It's looking like there'll be a waiver, possibly even pushing it out until September. Uh, Frank tells us that discussions are taking place at the moment and once he gets confirmation, we will bring it to you. Thank you for that, Frank. And an update on a query we had yesterday. Somebody was asking if the civic community sites opened and they are all open and they continue to operate and I think they are probably going to be busier than ever because a lot of people are using this time to have good old jolly clear outs of the homes and if you are having a clear out you know please make sure that you're sensible about how you recycle anything that you're throwing out if it can be upcycled please do that but failing that use the wonderful facility of the civic community site so they are all continuing to operate as normal and if you just go onto the Cork County Council website because they all open at different times I can't give you set times for when a particular amenity site is open it depends on where you live so if you check online because I don't want people turning up and then the civic community site isn't opened on the particular day 1850 John Paul and Sadie take your calls text WhatsApp 0862 103 103 let's take a break and we're back chatting with Dr Nick Flynn Egg foil amok quid den anihe is far lane shot 8 thrower C103 air kirkig ha aglish nef padrags pol air hroj foil el lorn na kaharach ha call air naglish at hogos of yen ucht giad sa shaskashe marial air gach ata air ndavishtig un dara gatach agus un rhyna gata untach bin sa golni amask na multidus na rodi asfar ledian of a gurkig air trip advisor agus isminik gan inter kershiser mar oat huenach un hiadur elegmetu lorn na kaharach tir chofada lesa pael nef padr agus pol nukta quid dena neha isfari gurkig C103 Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, this week, the Department of Health changed the criteria for testing for COVID-19, now stating that to be tested, a person must have at least two symptoms and priority will be given to vulnerable groups to explain what it all means to people. I'm joined by Dr. Nick Flynn of My Cork G- of mycorkgp.ie. Good morning to you, Nick. Good morning, uh, and How are you? I'm, I'm very well. Um, more is the point. Um, how are you and how are GPs doing? Um, we're okay for the moment. We've had a, a confusing week. So when we found it confusing, I can only imagine what the, the public and patients have found it. So, yeah, we've the criteria changed on Wednesday night going into Thursday morning. Um, and the, I suppose the, the reason for that was quite simply that the, the system which is nobody's fault, but the system could not keep up with uh, screening the amount of referrals that were being made when the criteria were broad uh, and they had apparently 100,000 people waiting on testing uh, and with the capacity we had, we were just never going to catch up. So they, they narrowed the criteria. So I just explained to people what the current criteria are for testing. So if you're feeling unwell at the moment and you've got a fever and a respiratory system, so fever and cough or fever and shortness of breath, um, then you will be considered for, 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 for testing if you fit into one of the following groups. You have to be a contact of a known case or a healthcare worker or be in, in an at-risk group. And I would like to just list some of them for you, Patricia, if that's okay. There's a lump, P, 
people with lung disease, heart disease, those who are immunocompromised, those who've had strokes or have neurological problems, kidney or liver disease. But listen to the last one, smokers. So smokers have been shown internationally to do poorly wow. uh, if they contract COVID. So uh, even if you're a healthy person or regard yourself as a healthy person, but you're a smoker, you're now in an at-risk group. Give up the cigarettes. Give up the cigarettes. If ever there was, uh, if ever there was a message for it, so so that that that's where we're we're at. And we, as I say, we, we we've had a, a, I suppose, a confusing week. Um, we have, I think, broadly three groups of patients at the moment. Who we have a group of patients who have been swabbed and who are awaiting for tests. My understanding, and it is an understanding and not a definite, is that if your swab is positive, you will be contacted quickly, and you will be contacted by a public health doctor. By phone. Not your GP. Not your GP, no. Okay. Uh, and that will be the public health doctor who will immediately start the contact tracing. So it's important that all these all patients who have uh, any flu-like illness at the moment are, are being advised to self-isolate. And we're asking also household contacts of those patients to self-isolate. So the contact tracing will be done by the public health doctor on the phone. If you've had a swab done and it's not detected, and it's important that people reflect on that terminology, these swabs are not being regarded as negative. They're being regarded as COVID non-detected in case that they lead to a false sense of uh, security. Um, so if, if your swab is non-detected, it's taking, in my experience, taking three, four, and even five days to receive a message back. And again, it's a message from uh, public health doctors that you'll receive. It's supposed to be by text, but it may be by phone call that your swab was non-detected. But, but it can be up to five days. It can be up to five days. A patient on this morning who was day four waiting for their results. So yeah, if it sticks into tomorrow, that'll be day five. Uh, it can be quicker, but we are seeing, uh, I suppose, lags of up to that period of time. I, my, again, my understanding, although it's not factual, is that people who are not contacted within 48 hours, although they still have to remain in self-isolation, can begin to relax a small bit because I think it's, it's, it's less likely you're going to be given a positive result if you're waiting more than yeah, 48 hours. Yeah. But you have so, to so, so the, self-isolation. So the individuals that were waiting on a test will now not get one? Yeah, so that was where it became really confusing. Okay, So I think anybody who was referred before... Um, before Tuesday and had an appointment for Thursday was getting a test but it, but if they were referred on Wednesday sorry, anybody who was referred before Tuesday and had an attest for, tor- for, for Thursday was getting the test if you were referred before Tuesday and your appointment was after Thursday your test was cancelled very confusing okay. and then if you were referred after Wednesday your test was going to go ahead as normal because it was the new cri- criteria and anybody who had been referred before Wednesday who had no appointment wasn't going to get an appointment now Patricia, I find that confusing explaining it to you, so I don't expect people to get it. Basically, if you don't have an appointment and you're symptomatic and and you think you fit the new groups, you contact your doctor again. Yeah, you've got to get back on to your your GP. And and for the others, you're you're still saying to people, self-isolate for 14 days. Self-isolate. So any flu-like illness or anybody with respiratory uh, um, symptoms at the moment is being advised to self-isolate. And there's a new phrase, there's a new... New, new term after uh, being introduced uh, to the dictionary this week and it's restricted movements. So household contacts of patients who are self-isolating but don't fit the criteria for being swabbed are being asked to restrict their movements. So self-isolation is what it says on the tin and we've discussed that before and there's good information on the HSE website about staying in the room, like not, not, not having anything to do with household contacts, one toilet if possible. Um, but restricted movements basically means that they that 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 the uh, household contacts can move around the home. They may go out to 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 um, to the shop, but they have to be hyper vigilant about physical distancing, 
it's just extra extra cautious. But mm. so so there is this new category of restricted movements for household context. Basically, you you couldn't have everybody self isolating in the house without ha- without having anybody capable of going to the shop. Just on a nationwide basis, there aren't enough volunteers to deliver the messages. Okay, we're we're nowhere near the fifteen thousand positive cases that was predicted. Neil Riker said that he thought it could happen by the end of March, but that doesn't mean no. we need. To, and, and I'm really fearful because people keep saying to me, "Oh, we haven't got the fifteen thousand. Sure, no, sure, we must uh, be over it." No, we can't uh, get complacent. Uh, no, no. That, so, 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 uh, just a couple of things about that. The, the, the figure of fifteen thousand was a figure that 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 the epidemiologist and, and the scientist uh, estimated if we did nothing. So okay. without, without any non-pharmaceutical interventions, which is the, the hand-washing, the not touching our faces, the not touching, the social distancing, the banning mass gatherings, all of those non-drug interventions were, were, were designed at, at bringing that number 15,000 down. But you have to remember, we have 100,000 waiting for tests at a 6% positive rate at the moment. So you can add, like, even in the people we've referred for testing that weren't tested, you could add 6,000 onto our current numbers. Um, so that would have us up at around seven, seven and a half, eight, nearly 8,000. And there certainly is COVID in the community that is asymptomatic and not, uh, we're not alerted to, that, that that's, not, that's not being tested. So it is out there. And I, and I think if people just, the overall figure, although it's of interest to us, and, and I wait myself every evening to hear how many patients have been diagnosed today, but because that figure is a function of testing, and, and so if we stop testing in the morning, for example, with mm-hmm. no new cases, would that be great? No, it wouldn't. If we, if we, if we doubled our testing, we diagnose twice as many cases. You know, so so, so the, the, the number of cases, while it is of interest, is not the figure to watch. So the figures to watch are our ICU figures. And unfortunately now, we're, we're going to start being able to watch our mortality, our, our death rate figures. So in one day yesterday, we had 10 patients die from complications of COVID. Oh, it was a 100% increase so more people died yesterday from COVID-related complications than died in the three weeks before. That's, that, that's a sign of complacency. We cannot lose enthusiasm for the social restrictive measures that we've been asked to practice. And the other, uh, I suppose, fact that the other figure to watch are the ICU beds. So as of this morning, we have 47 patients in ICU due to COVID-19. And that was 29 yesterday. Yeah, it was, and it was, and it was seventeen. I think last Friday. Right? last so, week. Yeah, it was. So, so, so it's going to like if if if, if it if it increases by another thirty. And that's where the deaths will come from. Those, those yeah, patients. Well, it, yeah, it, it is. But before this, before all this crisis started, probably the capacity, like the spare capacity in our ICUs, was around fifty beds. So we we, we had was it two fifty ICU beds, and it was estimated that at any one time. 50 of them would be available for use if needed because operations, accidents, all those kind of things were, 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 were using the other ones. Um, now, the, the, the ICU capacity has increased. Apparently, there are 500 ICU uh, or ventilators available now in the country um, and, and, and we're told that there's a 1,000 more in stock are being, being commissioned with 300 on the way. So they're moving up towards 2,000 ventilators in the country if those figures pan out to be correct. And I think, again, that tells people what's going on and it's still estimated and the e European Centre for Disease Control stated it yesterday it's still estimated that Ireland won't um, be able to deal with the surge when it comes so when, 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 when all of our patients get sick at, at, at the peak time and need hospital care even with the increased capacity we've been advised by European experts that we probably still don't have capacity to, to care for everybody I think 
think everyone was horrified by the scenes coming out of Italy. Will we, will, will we get, is there a possibility we could get as bad as Italy? I don't think anybody can answer that really um, and it, 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 it doesn't bear talking about. I would say that, that the, the um, certainly the, the public service from like the T-shirt, the Tarnish, the, the Paul Reed and the HSC, Tony Hoolan, the, the Chief Medical Officer and all of the public service in all of its facets, be it police force, be it the fire uh, service, be it you know, the, the health service, like we can see that everybody is really answering a call to arms and preparing that we will be as prepared as possible. But Patricia, of course, it is possible that that we will have uh, that we won't be able to uh, care for everybody in the way that we would have before. You know that 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 is quite that is quite possible and and maybe even probable. And that's why we can't lose enthusiasm. So don't don't be buying into oh it's eighteen hundred cases instead of fifteen thousand. That's not the that's not the metric. That, like, look at look look at the look at the figures that can't lie to us. Look at the figures that that can't be a function of anything else. And they're the mortality figures and the patients in ICU. And and, and they're the figures that tell us that look, this is actually progressing. These numbers are increasing. And we all, everybody, I think it's well it's well documented now that the doctors and the the, the, the pharmacists and, and and the nurses, the porters, the the the, the, the care assistants, everybody in the hospital, they can treat the sick. But the only people that can stop the spread are, are, are the public themselves. And I see it in my own house, Patricia, uh, my, my two lads kind of asking, Dad, can we go out? My friends are out. Like, we have to stop that. I mean, I'm driving through Cork yesterday, and of course the streets are quiet, but we've, we have got big groups of, of, of people congregating. And I'm not just I'm not blaming kids, not, I'm not blaming parents, but just asking everybody, now is the time strictly practice social distancing and of course it's going to be inconvenient for for eight or 12 weeks of course it is but we need to do it to give the health service a chance yeah, to respond and, and, to the illness that's coming we will come out the other end i mean the report yeah, we're, reports we're getting in this morning from west cork the beaches yesterday in west cork packed and and oh, nobody no, no social distancing. Some questions in answers. Uh, could you ask Dr Nick, please? I had the symptoms of chills and sweating and I had a bad cough at Christmas. It lasted for about two weeks. Could it have been coronavirus? No. So that's a very common question because, we, like, don't forget, as well as coronavirus circulating in the community at the moment, we have got lots of influenza B and we've got lots of other viral infections that we do have at this time of year. So going back to the Christmas time, we, there, were, there were some significant viral infections around. But the reason that we can tell Anne unfortunately, that she didn't have COVID-19 and survive it and have some immunity, is that if there was COVID-19 circulating in December, January in Ireland, we would have been seeing the ICU occupancy and we would have been seeing patients presenting with the atypical pneumonias, which is what this virus does. And we it, didn't see any it, of that. It, it attacks the lungs. It gives this atypical pneumonia that is now very, being very classically recognised as the COVID-19 pneumonia. And it's got its own appearance. And we we didn't see a spike in those in January, and okay. so we didn't have it. Okay, there. another listener says, um, I'm in my own house, I'm self-isolating. I do cook dinner for a neighbour. Now, we don't have any contact, except that I drop it off. Should I stop doing that? No, you, 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 I think community spirit is what's going to help us all get through it. And your neighbour, if you're, if you're cooking dinner for a neighbour, it's probably because your neighbour needs it. Uh, this virus is not heat-sensitive, so... Um, so if you're dropping off, just be careful that, that, that there's as little or, or ideally no physical contact between you when you're dropping and off. And the two metres and yeah. all of that, keep and, all that. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm sure your neighbour is reheating the, 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 the meal. The, and and this, as I say, this virus does not tolerate heat very well. So please 
community spirit needs to continue. Yeah, Just absolutely. take reasonable precautions and, and your neighbour does not need to worry and you do not need to worry about uh, about uh, spread to your neighbour because heat will destroy the virus. Okay, and Jerry and Glanmire, if you're in contact with a person who has now recovered from having COVID-19, how long do they still carry it and are still contagious to pass it on to other people? So that's a very good question and we're, we're learning all the time. It's thought to be 14 days and that's why the 14-day um, uh, self-isolation from the onset of symptoms is, uh, is um, it's recommended. It's thought to be 14 days. Okay, and just one other thing. You know the information that Tony Houlihan gives out and uh, out every evening, and when they announce that who died and what area of the country that they came from, and just we don't get any detail of age, uh, etc. Uh, when they say, for example, that a man has died um, with and he had no underlying symptoms and he died in the east, everyone automatically assumes that that's an elderly person. I was seeing on social media a, a young man who died this week, a 33-year-old man, a father of three children, died from COVID-19. Would we be better off putting that kind of information out to people so that to let people know this isn't something, while it will predominantly affect older people more, but it can also affect other age groups? It can, of course, affect other age groups. And, and, and the, uh, the median age, so that means that half of the people below the median and half the people are above the median. So I think the median age for people in ICU in Italy is 55. Whoa! So, so half of the people who are in ICU in Italy are under 55. Now, part of the function of that is that because their health service has been so overwhelmed that some of the very elderly patients haven't been considered for ICU care. But it goes to show mm-hmm. you still that, that, that young people will need uh, hospital care. Young people will need intensive care, although in smaller percentages than old, infirm, and people with pre-existing conditions. But, I mean, if enough young people contract it, like any illness, you can't say, you can't say, even seasonal influenza, you can't say that a young person will never get sick with it, unfortunately. You can be unlucky. And so the prudent thing is to presume that we all have a vulnerability to it. The prudent thing is to to do everything we can to, to, to avoid contacting it ourselves and avoid spreading it to others. And then, and I think it's important, although we're kind of, we are, I am trying to get a message out that, look, now is not the time for complacency. It, that there is a, a kind of a lull around society because businesses are closed and pubs are closed and social activities are stopped. And yet we're not seeing huge numbers. Is it really happening? I think if you look at the, as we said, the ICU numbers, yeah. the mortality, it is happening. But, but to remind people as well that for 80% of people, it will be a mild illness. And of course, there will be society and life and fun and crack after COVID but we need to be responsible to get through it and to get through it as unscathed as possible. Okay and let me just finish with this text from a listener says it, it sickens me watching people crowding the beaches and the parks taking children into supermarkets people just don't get it. I've got a boy with cystic fibrosis and if he gets this COVID-19 he simply won't survive. We've watched people getting sick and there's nothing we can do but in this situation we can do something. We can stay at home. It's not rocket science for Folks, it'll save lives like the life of my son. That's a good message. Thank you for that. I don't think we can finish in a better... No, no. Listen, you stay safe. We'll talk again next week, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Bye-bye. That is Dr. Nick Flynn of mycorkgp.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your texts coming into us and some of your questions as well. Let's look at some of your texts. Uh, Tim says this is reacting to Dr. Nick Flynn, who joined us in the last hour. Brilliant to listen to a down to earth doctor. 
He's a great communicator without using exclusively technical terms. I don't like the race to the beaches that we're hearing about, but we should remember that men have been working indoors uh, and women have been spending long times looking at screens. Now they can be off work at the same time as children and teens are off school as well. And of course, there's no sports to go to. There should be a way of giving controlled numbers a chance of an hour every four to five days on a beach or in a park. And the army are the reserve could police it says Tim well I think that's what they're hoping to do this weekend when we were announcing that the Gardaí are going to put traffic restrictions in place if too many turn up at the same time and Cork, they're working with Cork County Council I mean when we're at, when we're when we're being told to self-isolate and stay indoors, they, you know, they are saying get out and have your exercise and you can do, you can absolutely do that and for your mental health, I think we all need to get out and about and try to get in some kind of a walk or some kind of an exercise. But it's when everyone decides to congregate at the same time and that's what happened last weekend. We have to avoid that because we're not socially distancing from our personal distancing from each other when we get large groups of people together. It's the same in supermarkets. It's why some supermarkets now are starting to have security on the door and they're allowing so many people into the supermarket and then you've got to wait. It's almost on a one in, one out. You know, when they get to the limit of the number of people that they allow in their store, then you've got to wait until somebody comes out and then you're allowed in. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. And if we don't cop on to this social isolation and distancing ourselves not social isolation social distancing if we don't start doing it then we will get even more strict laws put in place by the government whereby we will all end up being cooped up in our houses and nobody will be allowed outside the door except literally just to go to the shops and come straight back and we'll be limited in the times of the day we can even do that so if we all play our part we can get along we can do it and they won't have to put very tight restrictions as they've had to do in other countries and I think if we, if the numbers start to increase and the death toll then will start to increase, then we'll see even stricter rules coming down the track. So we all have a role to play and we can all do it. Uh, Texter says, my neighbour comes into my house, washes her hands and she keeps her distance. Is that OK? I'm in my 80s. Yeah, you see, you don't want people socially isolated. We're talking about distancing ourselves but we need to keep in contact as well so yeah I I personally would see absolutely nothing wrong with that when you're in the house make sure you know you're a good deal apart inside in the room she's doing all the right things in washing her hands obviously if either of you come down with any kind of a, a cold or a flu or a cough keep well away from each other but if you're both feeling well and healthy and you're keeping your distance and you're, she's coming in and having a, a chat a chat with you I think yeah you'd be absolutely fine but make sure Keep that hand washing going and it's then keeping the hands away from the face. That's the thing that is most important. But we do need to keep in contact uh, with each other. Actually, if you're on our the C103 Facebook page, I posted up a little video yesterday just showing how we can still stay in contact with people. We might not always be able to see each other. We might be able to call to each other that often. But there's lots of ways that we can do it through. We can pick up the phone and just ring someone. You can text somebody. But we have such fantastic technology now, you know, where you can video call somebody and it's actually like they're in the room with you as well. And I put up a little post on our the C103 Facebook page if you want to take a look at that. I was just having a, a chat with my young niece yesterday just showing how we can all stay in contact and it's important that we stay in contact and for people stuck indoors TV is becoming important Mary says does anybody else have no serve you in Dream League 
Um, I'll get you on Paul to see if we can put a check and serve you in Dreamer League just to see is it an isolated case or is it just in Mary's house so Dreamer League folks if you haven't your TV on yet could you just check and see is the serve you gone because uh, Mary is we'll, we'll need that later on for sure because I'm always saying to people don't put on the don't don't have the TV on all day. Certainly, listen to the radio, and then in the evening time, if you want to put on the TV, but there's nothing worse than being stuck in front of the TV all day long as well. Not not good for us uh, either. Uh, Patricia, this is on people coming over from England. As far as I know, this this texture uh, on the people who are coming to England from the UK, they are tested for the virus before they leave the UK. That's not true. That's absolutely not true. There's no testing system in place, um, and I know that when people do arrive from other countries, including the UK, they're asked to self isolate. I think that's what people are worried about people are coming and it doesn't look like they're self-isolating hopefully they are hopefully they are but if they're only coming for a two week stay then they're definitely not self-isolating because they're hardly going to come on the ferry with their car check into a, a holiday home and stay indoors for the, for the two weeks which is what they would be told uh, to do Hi Patricia you put a smile on my face earlier when you were speaking with Simon when you spoke about the speed poles that go red if you're going too fast and uh, green when a thank you comes up I always smile at them says this texture and I give them the thumbs up if I see a green one as I pass keep up the good work we're going to be talking about that in, the, in a minute how people are stealing the batteries from them just how, how thick can people get Hi Patricia have you somebody from Unpost on your programme today kind regards no but we are hoping to have somebody on from Unpost but it will be next week we have a list of people that we want to get to to offer words of advice to people and the different things the different organisations are doing we didn't get to Unpost today uh, but certainly we have them on the list uh, on the to-do list for next week so I'll try and give you advanced warning of when they are coming on cases Hi Patricia and the team what a strange and a scary world we find ourselves in I sincerely want to thank you for keeping us so informed so well, thank you for that and reassured it's what we need at the moment our healthcare workers are beyond amazing I'm so glad to hear the student nurses are rightfully going to be paid also I'm thinking of our wonderful funeral directors it must be tough on them um, but kind regards says Kay you know they came into my head this morning as well I was looking at a piece on the paper about one funeral director was talking about it and it's just the way funerals are have to be handled at the moment and the way they're run at the moment very difficult for families who've lost a loved one, you know, not to have that wonderful community support that we always give uh, to people. And it must be falling back on the funeral director. So, yeah, we think of the funeral directors uh, as well. It's a difficult, difficult time for them. Uh, hi, Patricia. Just as a concerned listener, the bin lorries are doing great work collecting all our rubbish. But what about their safety? Three people I witnessed in a bin lorry yesterday. Uh, certainly there was no social distancing going on. They were all in the bin truck together. Surely these companies can provide alternatives for these workers who must go home to their families Uh, the government are giving construction sites 48 hours to sort it out but what about these workers and I don't know if workers on bin lorries how they are coping with it and if they have their concerns I know we heard from one of our listeners in West Cork last week who got an email from their bin company asking them to sanitise the handles before they put out the bin the bins every week which I thought was great now certainly the bin company I'm with haven't asked us to do that but when I got that message in last week and I was putting out my bins go out when go out on Wednesday for, for Thursday collection so I actually went and I got some wet wipes and um, got some disinfectant and I cleaned my handles before I put them out because I thought it was a nice thing that the other bin companies and I don't know if other all bin companies are going to start asking people to do that as well but it is it's kind of our way of saying to the bin man we're trying to look after you guys as well because we definitely need our bin 
trucks to keep rolling by and taking by taking, picking up our rubbish uh, to the listener who was asking about bingo remember I started the programme with somebody who was wondering was bingo on tonight how could people be inquiring about bingo would you tell that woman to cop on and go out for a walk instead John says it's a shame that they this they I'm assuming they mean the government didn't act on time here with the virus they were too late we should have stopped people coming into this country Hi Patricia could you clarify uh, employees are getting 12 weeks pay from social welfare it's 12 weeks instead of 6 could you clarify that please it is it initially started out originally to be paid for 6 weeks it will now be paid for 12 weeks it's a special COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment and it's worth €350 a week to qualify you have to be aged between 18 and 66 live in the Republic have been in employment or self-employment immediately before Friday March 13th have lost your job been temporarily laid off or asked to stay at home from work due to the pandemic or you've stopped trading as self-employed due to the pandemic and it gets paid for 12 weeks so yeah I can clarify that for you some of our WhatsApps um, quick question Patricia with the homeschooling in full swing is Eason's or similar stores open I need to get ink for the printer and stationery supplies please or is it possible to order it online if the shops are closed we definitely will be able to order it online now I didn't see on the list of shops the essential retail shops that are allowed to remain open I know news agents were allowed to remain open but I'm looking to see oh yeah retail sale of office produce and services for individuals working from home or from businesses so yeah they, they are open now you mentioned Eason's and I'm assuming you live near an Eason's you'd need to check with individual stores on that one but they certainly are on the list of essential retail outlets that are allowed to re- remain open and yes with homeschooling you are using the printer a lot more and you also will be running out of paper uh, for sure Hi Patricia what else is coming into uh, oh this is on the applause this is Marie Marie says the applause for healthcare workers now it's pathetic ah really Marie I think it's patronising normal normally appreciation is good but we don't but we don't healthcare workers but why don't healthcare workers get something solid to look forward to after this crisis is over like extra holiday time a wage rise a bonus or an increase in pension or something solid that we could look forward to can't come on air and working looking after vulnerable people says uh, Marie Ah, and that saddens me that as a healthcare worker you were one of the people we were applauding last night it saddens me that you, you, you thought it was pathetic I thought it was lovely I thought it was the nation coming together and just saying to you guys we think what you're doing is amazing there isn't a lot we can do for you I know there are various there's that great GoFundMe page that started up to feed the frontline workers and that was a very practical thing that people are doing but I'm sorry to think Marie that you felt it was pathetic because I think the country went out and applauded you last night and and they, they and it came from the heart and it was it was really meant uh, from the heart where Fran says the UK also clapped at eight o'clock last night. It was absolutely amazing. So there's somebody else, somebody else thinking it was amazing. And I want to bring you this because I thought this was a really, really good 
WhatsApp that came in from Noreen and thank you Noreen for this uh, that says hi uh, thank you for all your hard work during this crisis keeping us well informed in our spirits so well listen we're, we're doing a small bit and we're glad to do it while we are being inundated with figures of people who are infected and unfortunately those that have died as a result of COVID-19 can we spare a thought for all the other people who have died in tragic circumstances this month at least nine for example have died from road accidents including a 14 year old girl two in a house firing Westmeath and that poor vulnerable pensioner who was murdered in her home as a result of an alleged burglary. Their lives are no less important. They appear they appear to have been forgotten and ignored. Terrible things are happening all of the time. As Dr Ken Egan said on Clareburn Live we got through TB, we got through polio in the 50s. If we all pull together we will get through this too. Many great things have also happened. The world seems to be healing itself. Venice's water quality has improved. Air quality is improving all over the world and getting better every day. People seem to be turning to prayer. And read this patrons and and I read this morning that the patron saint of epidemics are Saint Edmund, Saint Roche and Saint Corona. Mind yourself, stay safe and thanks again. And that comes in from Noreen. Thank you for that Noreen and stay safe yourself. And yes, you're right. I actually had, I have a piece on. We discovered this 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 morning that uh, Saint Corona who is the patron saint. You're right. It's the patron. She is the patron saint of epidemics. She's a German saint, a little known German saint by the name of Saint Corona. She's believed to have been only 16 when the Romans killed her, probably in Syria, and she was killed for professing her Christian faith. She had a very excruciating, grisly death that I won't get into, but if you want to Google it, you'll know why. I'm not going to talk about it on air this morning. But um, this cathedral in Rome have relics belong to St. Corona. Now, they were planning on putting them on display, but they've taken them out a little bit earlier now when the whole coronavirus thing uh, took off. Now, while the cathedral stresses that St. Corona is the patron saint of resisting all epidemics, not just this specific one, the, the virus is called, because under a microscope, it looks like a globe with little globules and it resembles a crown. And the Latin word for crown is... Corona. So that's where coronavirus came from. And like many other saints, Saint Corona may be a source of help in these difficult times, said somebody attached to the cathedral that's getting out the uh, relics. So if, if it's prayer is your thing, you might say a quick prayer to Saint Corona. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Our lines are open. John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls. Um, or if you want to text or WhatsApp, you can to 086 103 And I've just been told on a breaking news story that Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, has tested positive for coronavirus. He has mild symptoms. C103 Jobs. Uh, PE Global Healthcare are now recruiting for a pharmacist, uh, medical information roles and occupational health nurse that's in Cork. Carpenters are wanted in the Cork area. Duties will include roofing and first fixing. While PE Global are also... Oh, sorry, I've done that one already. It's been repeated on the list here. Production operator is wanted. That's for a part-time position that's in the Bandon area. And an Arctic driver with a clean licence is wanted for bulk milk collection. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Never felt 
Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And an email in from a listener saying, please don't read out my name, which is fine. My husband was laid off on the 13th of March. He applied by post on the 16th of March for the special COVID unemployment payment. We were expecting to receive the €350 into our account this morning, but unfortunately that has not happened. I wonder if others are in the same situation and if you could please try to clarify the uh, issue. Thanking you for the good work. Because we we did hear already of people who got paid during the week. Uh, We'll get on to uh, social welfare and just see uh, uh, how far behind they are. I mean, it was to do with the amount of forms that would have gone in. I know they made it as easy as possible with just a one form and we actually got a a copy of the form. It was very, very easy to fill in and they made it as easy as possible. But obviously they've got to process tens of thousands of them have to be processed. And I know they drafted extra workers in and they were getting through them as quickly as possible. They obviously haven't gone to all of them. And I'm just aware and conscious if you are stuck for money and you've got no money in your account and you need to put food on the table, we'll check also if can you go to the community welfare officer and get the money there uh, instead just to tide you over so we'll check what we're getting on to uh, social welfare and hopefully we'll have an answer for you so hang in there uh, and I don't know uh, are many others in the same boat waiting hoping the painful payment because we were told a lot of the payments would arrive today now maybe it's just too early maybe they'll, they'll be staggering the payments they'll be arriving throughout the day but bear with us and we'll, we'll check we'll get on to social welfare for you let me move to a different issue though because with everything going on with the COVID-19 pandemic it's hard to believe that criminals are still out and about plying their trade. Fine Gael councillor Tony O'Shea joins me to highlight a problem that has surfaced in North Cork with the theft of batteries from the flashing speed warning signs which are located outside schools and near many villages and towns across the county. Good morning to you Tony. Good morning. Um, you're welcome. Can you tell us exactly what's, what's going on and what you've discovered? Well what I discovered was um, back near my own place in the village by the name of Glen Tan, uh, they have these speed flashing lights on either side of the school yeah. and they had stopped working and uh, a neighbour contacted me. I sent off an email to the area engineer uh, to which she came back telling me that they were having problems with these lights. Uh, the batteries were being stolen out of the back of them. So, and are the signs getting damaged in the attempt to remove the batteries? Not so much damage. They're prizing open uh, a door at the back of them uh, with, a, with a battery inside and just removing the battery. They're obviously plugged into lights, Patricia, removing the battery and away they go. And uh, what are these? of what use are these batteries to the criminals? They must be of some use. Uh, I would be thinking they would be half the size maybe of a car battery, probably like if you know what a motorbike battery is or yeah, a normal yeah, battery. Yeah. They're probably half the size, so... They're rechargeable because the solar panel on top of these lights charge up these batteries, uh, which alternatively just work the display screen where you get the smiley face or your speed reflected at you. And have many been reported stolen, do you know? Um, I'm told 
speaking to other councillors in, in, in Cock County, I think a lot of them uh, do stop working. It only came to light last week when I was speaking to my area engineer. Uh, that they clarified that they were having problems, issues with lights. Specifically in my own area, Glentandrum, Han and Bree, they've all been targeted. And I, after getting a phone call last night, there was lights put up uh, in a place last week or the week before last, and I'm told that the back doors are opening them this morning. That's just shocking, isn't it? Desperate. And am I right in saying these signs are part funded by local community groups, aren't they? That's right. Uh, there's such a demand for them. Uh, the Cork County Council put a, a scheme in place uh, a year or two ago where they, they, if you buy one, you get one free. And, and there is a huge take from And even to this day, there's communities and different villages aren't looking for them because they find them, I find myself, they do slow you down. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, absolutely, they work. Yeah, yeah. When you're approaching, like it flashes in red, you know the way they work. I do indeed, in I do indeed. Um, and I, I mentioned this morning when you were coming on and a couple of other listeners were saying as well that they're all, they're very aware of them and even if you're only a kilometre over, you'd need to be kicking yourself going, you know, you, you, right. you make the point of slowing down. They, they do work. But it's the fact that communities have had little fundraisers and, you know, got together because they know the importance. I mean, it's, it's a road safety issue. It is indeed, Patricia, and it was carried out by McCroom there. They carried out a survey to know how effective were these signs, and they came back stating that they are effective. People are slowing down, they're waiting to get the green men, uh, and it's working. But now you have this, these criminals going around Cork, and, and they're removing the batteries from the back of them. I do know that the engineer has said to me, Patricia, that she has been onto the suppliers or the manufacturers, and they're going to have to come up with something more secure for the back of them. Yeah, that's what we're now going to have to look at, which will probably make them more expensive. Quite possible. It's quite possible. It's just and, and in the meantime, can we all do our bit, if anyone li- who lives near one of these, or if you're passing one of them, keep a lookout for suspicious activity around these signs? Absolutely. Since I've heard it myself, I nearly go out of my way just to have a look at them, just to see if they're working. And, you know, I go, I, I, I go home through Drumahan and I'd pass through Glentan and just to make sure that they are working. But definitely... People should be on the lookout and if they see anyone parked or anyone at them, just should report them to the local garden. Okay. All right. It's just shocking. Shocking, it's isn't it? Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for highlighting it. I think by highlighting it and us talking about it, we'll get communities just to keep an eye out. Thank you very much. Patricia. All right, Tony. Thank you for thanks that. Thanks, And uh, thanks for joining us. That is North Cork Councillor Tony O'Shea on the theft of batteries from the flashing speed warning signs. God, if it isn't nailed down there, Robert... It's just dreadful. Okay, Serview. Um, Marie Indrina also having ongoing issues with her Serview box, especially this uh, week. So maybe we'll have to get on to Serview to see what is going on there because I think more than ever with people stuck indoors, uh, people need to have their TV on the on. Oh, thank you. The Department of Employment Affairs and Social Protection has been on to say nearly all unemployment benefit claims will be processed today and the money will be bank accounts Tuesday by the latest the Department of Employment Affairs and Social Protection have said most of all the forms received by March 19th to close of business yesterday are set to be processed for payment today. Okay, so the listener who contacted us, maybe keep checking in, keep checking your bank 
it might go, you know, might go through at lunchtime, might go, go through this afternoon. But if it doesn't, you definitely will have it by uh, Tuesday. And I'm assuming you can go to your community welfare officer if, if money isn't in, even though you'd want to know about close the business today, wouldn't you? But anyway, that's what they're saying. It should be processed for payment today. So keep checking your bank to that lady who contacted us, uh, please. And hopefully the the money will be in and you know and again when we're acknowledging people who are going and working above and beyond the call of duty the civil servants that are working in the social welfare offices they are working absolutely uh, flat out at the moment they really are I'm told that rail and bus services are to be reduced in some areas it's to reduce the risk of infection and to allow drivers and vehicles to operate elsewhere where demand is greater so that means if you are planning on using public transport to travel anywhere you would need to check in advance to make sure that that train or that bus is operating don't take for granted just because the bus is normally there on such and such a day that it's going to be there now there are going to be changes so you really do uh, need need to check that out in advance there's a couple of people on about Sky Sports what about people paying for Sky Sports including um, what about people paying for Sky TV including Sky Sports Sky Sports um, should be giving people money off. Well, they are. They're allowing you to suspend your Sky Sports subscription. Somebody else was looking for the number. I'm going to have to go get check back out with Sadie and JP for the number that we were calling out yesterday. I know I got that in by a WhatsApp from somebody. I should have made a note of it, and I don't think I did. I didn't. I'll make a note of it and I'll find it because uh, there's a couple of people looking for it. They weren't. They didn't have pen and paper at the time and weren't able to uh, take it down. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. Through government decisions, the mobilisation of communities and the leadership of our incredible healthcare professionals, we can have a profound effect on the impact of this pandemic on our people. We have so many heroes manning our front lines, but we need everyone in this country to be a hero. Be a hero in their own home, be a hero in their community by taking the actions that will save lives. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. Now I'll get back to a lot of texts and WhatsApps in and I will get back to them, I promise you. But just to let you know, Miriam O'Callaghan will be hosting tonight's Late Late Show with Ryan Tuberty unable to work due to illness. He's had a persistent cough all week and he's adhering to best practice and he is staying away from the show. So it's Miriam O'Callaghan in for Ryan Tuberty tonight. Now with hairdressers, the length and breadth of the country closed due to COVID 19 restrictions. Many people especially us females are starting to panic about what we'll do for our crown and glory. So if your locks are getting a bit on the long side or the dreaded roots are starting to show, what to do? Joseph Byrne of Joseph's Hair Salon on Glashing Road is the expert and he joins me. Good morning to you Joseph. Good morning Patricia, how are you my love? Well I'm very well. How are you doing? Obviously your salon is closed. It is Patricia, the last two weeks now. We're doing okay because Patricia, we're all in the same boat, so we just have to get on with it. Did you, did you, did you close before you were told to close? Yeah, I closed a week beforehand. Did you? I did really because a lot of my clients are elderly, and I was very conscious of the fact that the salon is quite small, and we couldn't be two meters apart. So we just closed up and hope for the best. 
Um, it was a tough call for Trish. I was very upset doing it, and the girls were very upset. It was one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to do, to be honest with you, because, you know, it's not just the salon, it's the community, but the yeah. people, and people love coming down and having the trash and the crack, you know. This time of year now, I'd be collecting Easter eggs for the homeless. There'd be always a buzz down there, you know. Yeah, and... and yeah. It's all overnight. And for, for, for some elderly people, you know, their weekly trip to the hair salon, it's it's a social event. It's not just going to get your hair done. Totally, Patricia. They would come in sometimes. They'd come in with Zimmer frames and oxygen <laughs> masks. They can hardly breathe. And they love it. And I'd be running around after them, pretending I've come over and things like that, having <laughs> to crack with them. And it's, it's a mighty crack. And, you know, they'd have the trash and they'd have the bit of banter and they'd have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Their hair would be well done. They'd be sitting down there still having, having a chat, you know. And, and literally, Patricia, some of them would be going nowhere else. I know, I know. They get their hair done to go home and sit at home and, watch, home, yeah, and, watch, exactly, yeah. and watch Miriam now tonight on, on yeah, the Late Late. Exactly. And were they, the and, and you know your clients so well, Joseph, they're like your family. Were, were, the, were some of them very concerned about the coronavirus? Not at the start. I think, like myself, I think when I heard about it first, I was asked, for God's sake, we'd be grand, you know what I mean? Because even, even the first week I closed, I was kind of thinking, oh, did I close too early? Blah, blah, blah. I was kind of, I kind of wasn't sure. But I think now we are a huge concern. I think with the, the death tolls and listening to the other countries and watching the coffins going off initially in France and places like that, it's so distressing. Um, so yeah, I think more so this week than, than than any time, and I'm getting a lot of phone calls as well from clients and asking like what yeah. for a chat or what? Well, some first of all are excellent. Around the first week, oh my god, what are we going to do in our hair? Is there any chance? And um, you could do me and nobody else, and maybe have been to the salon and look after me. Sure, I'm only one person. I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, to be honest, with you, I was nearly thinking about it, and then I was. I'm always listening to him so I can't do that I don't know where I've been don't know where they've been know. you know um, so no and then um, a lot of them were kind of ringing to see was I okay you know I had one little old lady and she said did I want her Christmas manage she had money left over was I managing okay and she had a bit of money she'd give it to me if I needed it oh you know, bless but yeah and it was like this, you know some of them now wouldn't have the money but this lady actually offered me her Christmas manager. And I, actually, I was crying on the phone with her. She said, oh, my God. I said, I won't say the name now, obviously. But I said, oh, my God. I said, that's so nice. But no, thank you very much. You know, things like that. A lot of people said, don't worry, Joe. We'll be back. We and, no they we and they will. And they will. They'll all be and back. here and the greys will be down to their ankles. <laughs> Look, what can we do? We just have to hang in there. Okay. And it, a lot they can do. But... Okay, but Joseph, if somebody's hair is getting on the long side or the shape is going out, is there any DIY tips we can do? Well, literally, I'd say just leave it grow and tie it up a bit would be one thing. Okay. I certainly wouldn't go cutting it themselves. You can get, um, you know, lotions and things like that to strengthen them up. But don't um, don't I try didn't... cutting it. Oh, jeez, no, I wouldn't dream of them going near it. Because I say, Patricia, we'll have a line down the road, I say, for six weeks just reduced. Because the worst thing now um, um, a person could do is start the box jobs, especially when they don't know what they're buying. And the, the, the only advice I would give with a box job colour, say, to do the route, always go two or three shades lighter to what it says on the box. You know, so some make this mistake of, say, if it's dark blonde, well, that's lovely now, just lovely on the picture. That could come out like a, a mid-brown or dark brown. 
you know oh, what yeah, I mean? Be careful of that. Light brown on, if your person's light brown and they push light brown on for that, you come out jet black. So you have to be very, very careful. Always go two shades lighter. That's the only thing I'd say to people that are going to do their roots and try not to be able to overlap onto the hair. And I don't know if you're a fan of this product or not, but there's I, I, I picked it up in the supermarket. There's it it's a little spray bottle, it's it's a root touch up. You spray it on like almost like hairspray. Yeah. Is that yeah, it's it, 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 and I was only I was only I'd going to say that if you hadn't said that now I was going to recommend it as well. Yeah, so and it works. Seal the roots for yeah. the time being. Yeah, it works. And Especially this- around the crown and around the temples and where the parting is, Patricia, just push it on there. But just push it on Put it on lightly, you know, try it on first with a little bit of paper and see how it, you know, a light spray, you don't need to take because if it goes on too thick, you just have a, a residue of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that'll keep us going. That will keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. The, main thing, the main thing is not to, not to panic, not to go too drastic with, with the colour because, you know, a lot of readers will come back and we have a lot of clients now and their hair is perfect and, you know, there could be a lot of hard work to do for them when they come back. They'll panic. So, of course, as I say, with the box colour, go that bit lighter than it says on the box. Do the concealer. Tie up their hair if you have to. If your hair is bushy or a bit frizzy, use a bit of serum, an eye-based serum. Also, which is very good, Patricia, is the um, dry shampoo that you don't even have to shampoo your hair for the older ones especially dry shampoo is very good it cleanses the hair gives it a bit of volume and all you do is braid in at the ends and fluff it up with your hands and away we go and for people who wash their hair every day and like to have the hair perfect heading out to work and suddenly they're not going out to work every day they're either working from home or they've been temporarily laid off is it is it good to give your hair a break from washing it every day well, I really often think that's an old wives' tale. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much into that. But I'd say what's happened now, like myself, I would always have shaved, um, you know, exfoliated my face, let them fog out to walk in the morning. Now I'm out of shaving every three days, you know what I mean? I'm letting things go. And it will obviously be the same with people's hair and things like that. They won't have to wash it, so they'll probably be at home and they'll leave and say, we're not going anywhere. And there's no great panic, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can give yourself a little bit of a break if you a, want to. And, and what's very upsetting, Patricia, I'm not upsetting, but what about the faces? What about people with Botox and the fillers and things like that? What are we <laughs> going to do there? Like, I mean, I, I, I go to uh, Dr. Muhammad every about every three, four months, get a little bit of a little bit of a thing done here and there, and sure they all say, she's oh, you don't look your age, you're nice, you're now nice as doctor. But shut down, I'll see me now in another month. Oh, mother God, Joe. <laughs> You're really taking this coronavirus very bad. <laughs> You'll get very stressed. Do you, do you, what, you, you take what you, fillers, is it Botox? I would get a bit of, you know, the fillers especially, because, you know, if you're very deep lined and stuff like that, the Botox mightn't do the job, because really you want to start the Botox younger when the, when the lines aren't too bad. But I get a bit of filler here and there, and <laughs> it fills up, you know, so, so around, the, around the mouth, you know, um, and it's lovely, like, so Darren, Darren thinks I'm, I'm his younger looking, I'm getting. And of course he so thinks, you... He thinks, he thinks his married life. You're going to look a bit shook at the end of all of this then? Yeah, but I'll put it down to stress with all the, the, all the ladies that have to go, he's in an office state, look at the stage on his face, he's after age and so much worrying about the whole lot of us. Um, but Patricia will also tell the stage, say something to him. What about grey is beautiful? A lot of people will be coming to me, I don't know, I'll leave my hair go grey. Now it's a great time to chance it, let it grow out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And see what you'd look like when we come back then, we'll cut it up and see what you look like with the greys. Because a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I know, we do have a lot of clients now that's going grey. And um, 
it's a great time now to chance it and see what it'll look like. So I wouldn't be worrying too much. So it's a nice chance to experiment with your hair is what you're saying. It absolutely is, yeah. It is. I can understand people's frustration. I've got so many phone calls and so many phone calls about weddings and things coming up. What are we going to do, Joe? But at this stage, I don't think the weddings will even be going no, ahead. No, they right. won't. They won't. And the thing is, we're all in the same boat together. Do you know we are, Patricia? And do you know something I was thinking of this morning? I walk, but not walk, I shouldn't say. I'm very friends with a very special guy. He's special needs. I'm with him now for the last 30 years. He's at home now with his mum. He's wondering where Joe is. We'd go out for speed and I'd give him a shave. You know what yeah, I mean? I know. And, I know. you know, it's the mothers out there now that have all that as well. I'd be thinking this morning, if all the mothers are especially his hangover drive, they're stuck in his home. Um, you know, my heart goes out to them as well. And I'm wishing everybody, everybody, safety for the next few months and everyone staying over the weekend and just obey the rules. And this, um, and this too of, will a pass. Lot, a lot of black markers going on too, Patricia, which is something, you know, we'd have to be very, very careful. Be very careful letting someone come to your house and do your hair. Yeah, someone you don't know. You know, well, you know, someone you don't know, first of all, and you don't know where they've been and they don't know your hair. And certainly... Um, it's not good, it's just, you know, and anyone would do would, would, be, would be wrong to do it anyway, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, just be careful. Okay, listen, Absolutely. you look after yourself. Okay, Patricia, okay. I keep going till I get Dr. Muhammad anyway for the face another few weeks. <laughs> so just don't look at me. <laughs> It'll be Halloween and in, 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 oh in all wear masks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be well out of it by then. Okay, God bless. Why Take not? care. Bye bye. The, the lovely Joseph Byrne there of Joseph's Hair Salon on the Glasheen uh, Road. Let us all just experiment a little bit with our hair. Let's see what it's like a little bit longer and let's see what it's like to rock the grey look. Thanks to Joseph for that. Okay, some of your calls coming in. Here's a documentary for you on YouTube. Thank you to Kira for telling us about this. Uh, Kira says, hi, I run a virtual reality production company in Cork called Wombat Media. I'm sure that we've had them on. We've had Wombat Media on the programme before. Anyway, uh, they, we decided to release one of our documentaries free on YouTube for those who are feeling stuck inside and want to escape to West Cork. It is a video called A Trip to Cape Clear Long Version. Thanks. And that's from Kira. Keep a look. So if you go onto YouTube, A Trip to Cape Clear Long Version, if you want to take a look at it and you can look at it rather than go out to the island because we're trying to get people to please stay away from the island. Don't go out. Don't go to any of the islands. Leave them alone. You can watch the video instead. Eddie said, has there been an increase in gambling TV ads? Has anybody noticed on TV at the time there seems to be an increase? Has there been a lot of, has gambling taken off? All you need is a credit uh, card and people could end up being in a very bad financial situation at the end of all this. Has anybody else noticed that, that there's an increase in ads for gambling on TV? Uh, a text that made me smile following on for our chat with uh, Joseph, wonderful, wonderful hairdresser, just giving advice to us ladies if you can't get to a hairdresser. Sheila says, hi Trish, I'm laughing here about washing or not washing your hair every day. I'm in isolation. I have been for the past four weeks. I'm totally on my own and I'm having a ball. I have a bubble bath every day. I've totally let my whiskers grow and I haven't shaved my legs and I've dyed my hair bright purple. Stay safe. That's from Sheila. It sounds like you're having fun, uh, Sheila. 1850 We're going to take a break. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we're going to hear about the grounding of the air ambulance, which is such devastating news for so many people who fundraise to get that ambulance off the ground. And we'll also go to the movies with Mark. That's all after news at 12. Hi, it's Simon from Cork's More Music Breakfast. Have a good weekend. Mind yourselves, keep safe, and I'll see you bright and early on Monday morning. I'll have two 
thousand euro to give away. Oh my Jesus, my legs are shaking. Oh my God, thank you ever so much, Simon. Tune in to win and hear Cork's greatest hits and everything you need to have you up and about first thing on a Monday morning. See you then from six. See the World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign Affairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, some of your calls and uh, comments coming into the programme. Let me start with Sky Sports because we've a number of people contacting us trying to suspend their Sky Sports subscription because there obviously isn't any live sports on at the moment. Now, can I just say why Sky don't just suspend them themselves? I don't know. But anyway. That's probably an argument for another day. Now, we were giving our phone numbers yesterday because we'd heard from other listeners. This is the phone number they uh, were using. But we've now heard from Sky. They're saying in such challenging times, we're working hard to keep people connected. And they're saying, please don't call us because they're trying to prioritise the most vulnerable customers at what is a very challenging time, particularly like yesterday we heard from an elderly lady living alone, self-isolated and she needs to reconnect to her Sky and they were having huge problems getting through to try to get that woman's Sky reconnected. So they're the kind of priority calls the Sky are trying to address. So what Sky are now saying today is that they want to remind people that you can do most things on on their website the, the app are on your Sky box and they say while we expect that many of the recently postponed sports events will go ahead if you wish to pause your Sky Sports or Sky Extra sub- subscription in the meantime you will not be charged a fee to do so or be held to any noticed period and uh, there's obviously there's still events going on despite the Sky Channel sports channels that you'll be able to watch but you can suspend it you can freeze your Sky Sports subscription but you have to do it yourself and they're now saying that you need to do it online on the app or on the Sky Box because they don't want people calling them anymore. Having said that if you want to give a chance and give them a call the number that we gave out yesterday uh, Craig was the first one to give us this number and he said it's a free it's it's an automated number you know you go through you have to press a number of buttons before you get there but he said after four or five minutes he was able to speak he got to speak to a human being now we heard of others who were on for hours so and so I don't know whether you'll have any luck with it or not but I would but if you want to give it give it a try it's 0818 3 but I suggest you go to the website go to the app or go to the Skybox because lots of people told us yesterday that that's the way they did it and they didn't have any problem at all and they managed to suspend their Sky Sports package because it can be expensive enough and I appreciate there are people at the moment who are out of work and they're now living to a very limited budget so if they can save money anyway they can so try do it that way 
you should be able to do it online. It should be it should be quite easy, or even on your the app or on the Skybox. Jerry was on to say, Patricia, is it possible to look into the availability of online courses during the virus period? I know they ran courses for job seekers. As my neighbour went on one, I'm self employed. Are there any online courses running? Does I, I, Jerry, I'd need a bit more detail as to what type of online course you're actually looking for. I'm I'm assuming there's loads of online courses. I've heard of people deciding that they're going to learn a language during the pandemic while they're stuck at home. So if you give us a little bit more detail of the type of online course you're looking for, we can call it out and see if anybody knows of one that might suit you. Serview have had a number of frequency changes of late but we're being told it shouldn't be affecting people in the Dreamer League area. So for the listener who contacted us, if you're having a problem with your Serview, it seems to be in your house. It isn't a widespread uh, issue. You're going to have to get somebody to look at your sky, your Serview box to try to sort out what is going on because Nora was in, is in Drimmer League um, oh, that was the Drimmer League one yeah and her, her stopped working uh, last night Mary in Ballingiri was on to us to say she was out this morning she saw a cyclist who has attached a pipe to his bike for social distancing <laughs> obviously it's, God you want to be careful with that you don't bash into anybody but anyway that's the lens that some people are going for social distancing some of your WhatsApps coming in Hi Patricia in response to the lady who messaged you inquiring if it was safe for her neighbour to come into her house and you said it would be safe if the neighbour kept her distance and neither of them were experiencing any COVID-19 sim- symptoms. Well, I disagree. I think your advice is inaccurate. Remember, it can take at least two weeks until symptoms manifest so nobody knows who has the virus and who doesn't. A person is only safe at home being around fellow close family members who are all following all the same protocols. I absolutely agree with you on that but what I was saying to this lady, she lives alone and her neighbour who calls in every now and again I think they're doing everything right. The neighbour comes in, is completely washing her hands. They're not hugging. They're not shaking hands. They're keeping their distance that even if, God forbid, one of them was contagious, they would have to be, that's the two metre rule. They'd have to be within two metres of each other for one or other to pick up the virus. And they're doing everything right by washing, washing of the hands, not touching the face, all of that. And I'm assuming if the lady who comes in to visit the other lady has a cup of tea, make sure that you wash the cup. And, you know, because the doctor Nick says heat will kill things. So, you know, there are ways you can do it. I just don't want people to be totally isolated if they have a chance of a little bit of company and they're abiding by all of the rules. But yes, if you want to go to the letter of the law, that's what, they're, that's what you're saying, that you shouldn't be around anybody else except those that you live with. But for some, that is just proving to be extremely uh, difficult. Thank you for your text. Please keep me anonymous, says this texter. Hi, Patricia. Would just like to, le- like to let you know, I drove through Bantry Town to get my shopping. I spotted two vans selling items. One was parked outside the Credit Union. The other outside the system the information office. I think it's ridiculous. Why are the county council or the Gardaí not removing them? All markets are closed. Why are these people allowed to sell? I'm absolutely fuming that this has been allowed to happen. And I'm assuming did, did because we were told by Cork County Council all of those markets somebody selling out of the back of a van. I imagine if they're not able to do the social distancing of staying two metres apart so I imagine what they're doing uh, is illegal. And has a Gardaí spotted what they're doing? Because I imagine if they 
they have if a Gardaí has they will be moved on because we know that that's the Gardaí now have the powers that they can do that they can tell people uh, to move on shut up shop because it sounds like a shop out of the back of somebody's van Jackie in Mallow says when all of this is over Patricia I think we should have a national hug day oh my god and we'll all need that for sure to the lady that was on who was homeschooling looking for office supplies Mary says Patricia the office supply shop is on Fair Street in Mallow gentleman that works there very good get all the ink cartridges you need in the papers he may be open yeah I'm assuming he is because the essential retail outlets does include uh, people who are selling uh, office products and supplies for people who will be working at home or businesses so yeah most of them are, most of them have remained open you're just going to need to check in with your individual local one Hi Patricia just wondering is the Late Late Show on tonight it is and it's going to be presented by the lovely Miriam O'Callaghan poor Ryan Tuberty not feeling well at the moment and we wish him well and uh, he has a bad cough, flu-like symptoms and he's obviously self-isolating at the moment. Are they still charging for pay parking in Mallow, says the texter. We didn't hear anything to lead us to believe that they've stopped. How you will know is if they've stopped it when you go to put money into the machine it won't allow you to put money into the machine so I wouldn't be parking and thinking ah, there's no pay parking because COVID-19 is underway but certainly we have heard nothing from the council to indicate that there is any free uh, parking. Hi Patricia, any chance to play a request? We don't do many requests, but why not? Mary Hodnett is in Bantry. Mary, you are described as the best mam and nana ever and you're celebrating a very special birthday tomorrow. Lots of love and virtual hugs from all of the family. Oh, bless. There's so many people who missed out on Mother's Day last week. Maybe they'll, they might come to the window, but they're giving you virtual hugs, uh, Mary. And when all this is over, they'll have a very special party for you. I promise that. Happy birthday, Mary Hodnett in uh, Bantry. Hi, Patricia. Would you please read out the following message? What do the people of West Cork think? Would they agree that the road to Glengariff should simply be closed and the only people allowed to enter would be local people or delivery lorries? Everybody else, the traffic should be stopped. All traffic stopped to holiday homes, etc. Because they simply are not listening to the message coming from the government. The message coming from the government tells us not to make any unnecessary journeys and tells us to kind of stay where we are. If this continues, it won't be long until we have COVID-19 out on the Beira Peninsula. And that signed a very, very worried resident. Hi Patricia, with nearly all shops now asking you to pay by contactless payment instead of cash, I was just wondering if the banks are going to charge us as paying by card costs us more. I can tell you, Bank of Ireland have said it will waiver contactless fees with immediate effect for the duration of the pandemic and it follows a similar move by AIB which came in for criticism last week for introducing the deduction of a range of new banking fees but they changed their mind on that. So um, AIB and Bank of Ireland I don't know about the other banks that's the only information I have in front of me but certainly AIB but if you want to contact your bank they'll let you know or if you go onto their website I'm sure they'll be singing it from the rooftops if they had decided to because it's a good news story from, from the banks but Bank of Ireland and AIB wavering their contactless fees so you can tap and go and it's not going to cost you anything if you bank with either Bank of Ireland or AIB and if you don't check with your individual bank Hi Hugh here says Hugh a risk manager with a local construction company just want to let you know that the companies some companies are charging hundreds of euros for hand 
cleaning gels. For example, one Irish supplier is charging €289 for a five litre drum. They're making it very difficult to provide the protection that is recommended. I absolutely go bananas when I hear what appears to be price gorging, people putting up the price. How can people do that? But in the same breath, I jump in in defence of some shops when people say the cost of something has gone up. Often it's the person giving it, the distributor shipping it in, is charging huge, huge amounts. And I don't know if it's the same here with this supplier. Because things are going in short supply worldwide, the companies making it are increasing the prices and they're not passing that on. And then it gets passed on right the way down along to the consumer. But I hate, I absolutely hate to think that somebody is price gorging and that anyone could try to make money out of this COVID-19 pandemic. Patricia, thank you so much for all your help. You're, you're very welcome. We salute you too. Oh, you're sweet. You mentioned prayer. Maybe people might go back to prayer. Something good might come from all of this. Some people might like to know that there's Mass on from Knox Shrine every day at 12 midday and at 7.30 in the evening. And they are doing it to try to an end to this worldwide pandemic. Hi Patricia, I'd like to fully agree with Eileen from Bear Island who joined you on the programme yesterday. Here in Alihis, we have a lot of holiday homes with people coming and going from the city. Could they not heed the government warning and stay in one place or the other? They are being totally selfish. I also think that all B&Bs in the area should be closed. The movement of people should be stopped immediately and that signed a very worried listener. And the worry for all of us is if people don't heed the advice, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, we will be, our movements will be severely curtailed. They're already curtailed now, but people aren't heeding the warnings that have been given. They will be curtailed uh, even further. Catherine says, Patricia, hope you're well. My late husband was a postman over for over 30 years. He died two years ago. May he rest in peace. He would bring shopping, magazines, newspapers, etc. to the elderly people on his route. He always did it. He'd have a chat with them. And if they were lonely, he'd stay with them for a little while. On one occasion, Patricia, a lady fell in the hallway and he went to her family to tell them. Nice to have someone calling. So much isolation going on. Thank you for reading out uh, my text. That's from Catherine. Hope you're keeping well, Catherine. Yeah, and we're hoping next week to speak with them post actually because they've, that's one of the things that they've started to do. The postman who's known and respected and trusted by local people. They'll be calling in social you know, distancing will still be in place. They'll keep the two metres away, but they're going to just check in on elderly people and see if they need anything. And they'll arrange to have supplies brought. It's a fantastic service that they have decided to do. And someone says, Patricia, that other listener should not have been rude to the person who wanted to know if there was bingo on. A lot of people see no one from one end of the week to the next and a lot of people rely on bingo. That is their social outlet. So she was only inquiring whether it was on or not. Now the texter says, my aunt lives in a housing estate in Mallow. She lives next door to a group of people who are not originally from Ireland. All day, every day, constant flow of people in and out of that house. They'll keep the virus alive and well in the estate, that's for sure. My neighbour is very worried because of this. 1850 333103, lines are open. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Now, members of the public who are seeking assistance on COVID-19 can contact the National Support Helpline. You can do it via text message at 86 or you can call them on 021 and they were the group that we spoke to during the week and they will either... T- 
if you send them by text they'll call you back or if you ring them they'll have a chat with you and they'll find out what area you're, you're in and they'll put you in contact with somebody who can help you out in that area it is a fantastic service and we here at the radio station have a full list of volunteer groups that are set up all across the county can Turk and this is just on the list in front of me can Turk Timaleague Ross Garbury Court McSherry McCroom Ballinhasig, Dunmanway, Dunamore, Bantry, Dramina, Mizzen and Douglas to name but a few. So if you're in any of those areas and you're looking for help, like you need to have shopping delivered or whatever, please make contact with us and we will let you know and put you in contact with somebody that can help you. Nazareth House has stopped all visiting until further notice. Sunday Mass, by the way, will also now not be open to the public either. And all Cork County libraries, swimming pools and tourism office are closed with immediate effect and they are remaining closed until further notice. And Vincent's Shop in Mallow, that's also closed until further notice. And the Cove Great Island Community Centre closed to the public. The GAA Sports Star of the Month Awards on C103 with the Rochestown Park Hotel. We won six trophies at junior level between junior A and junior B. It's just a reflection of all the hard work the whole team did, to be honest. I think we all worked incredibly well as a unit and it paid off with a county title. Ty DC of St. Michael's Football Club is the January award winner. He's recognised for his part in the club's Cork County Under-21 Football Championship victory. The C103 GAA Sports Star of the Month Awards. Recognising outstanding achievement in the Field of Cork GAA. This the one is for you. C103. Follow C103 on Facebook. Join us today. Search C103. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And Anne is reacting to the piece I read out by Catherine who was talking about her late husband who was a postman and he passed away two years ago and uh, the great work he used to do nothing to do with on post but just looking after the elderly people on his route and says what a very good postman he was at may he rest in peace yeah we've had some wonderful post men and women down through the years hi patricia cork library are doing free online courses for that gentleman who contacted you you don't have to be a member it's free to join and there's loads of courses on offer thank you for that okay that will be of help to that gentleman who is self-employed and now unemployed at the moment and dennis listening to us in oxford said it's important to remember the self-isolation means self-isolation by not allowing anyone into your house if possible. This especially applies to the elderly. Young people should be encouraged to collect medication, do shopping for older people but remembering to leave them outside of the house for collection. Don't call in please. And hi Patricia, uh, could you let me know if the driving licence place, the NDLS centre is open in Mallow. I tried making an appointment online and couldn't, thanking you uh, Marie who is messaging us from Formoy. Yes it is still open and I know that you can't do a walk-in if you go you 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 can't get in without an appointment so you're going to have to keep trying to make an appointment online and they also when we were on to them last week they were asking people to only apply for your licence if your licence is due up in the next two to three weeks because they can't do walk-ins they're only working by appointment only and they're trying to clear they don't want to get a, a backlog so they're only trying to get people whose licence is due up in the next two to three weeks so if your licence is due up in the next two to three weeks you're going to have to the only way to do it is online keep trying online you will eventually get an appointment because you can't go in in uh, person without an appointment now as we've been hearing on the news all day today Ireland's first charitably funded air ambulance operated by the Irish Community Rapid Response staffed by the National Ambulance Service medical personnel is to be grounded indefinitely and that's from the 3rd of April next due to lack of funding the operations manager for the charity is Ruth uh, 
uh, Bruton, who joins me. Good afternoon to you, Ruth. Hi, Patricia. Now, Ruth, you've got to be all devastated as you've put so much time and work into this air ambulance. Do you literally have no other choice? Yeah, distraught is the only word um, I suppose to describe um, ourselves here at ICR. Um, the whole team are devastated that it has come to this. So much hard work has been put into this and um, the the impact, like the, the air ambulance itself right now is on a mission. So it's live on a mission in Ireland, helping someone at their greatest time of need. Um, unfortunately, we're just, um, you know, lacking the ability to fundraise as we normally would um, given the, the COVID-19 pandemic. But Patricia, every day cardiac arrest, strokes, farming accidents, road traffic collisions, they're happening, we're needed, we're frontline service and if there was a way for us to get interim funding to keep us going, given the fact that normal traditional fundraising has, has changed to protect our society, um, you know, we need that. That's, that's our only hope to keep flying. Um, surely with the current health crisis, Ruth, you're needed more than ever. We definitely are. Um, we projected, Patricia, in our first year, we do 350 missions and we have flown over 350 in just under eight months. So, you know, that's proof that this service is vital. It's needed. You know, 25,000 square kilometres can be flown by us in 20 minutes. We are connecting the vulnerable um, uh, in our society with critical care that they need at the, at the time that they need it. And... Um, it's going to be such a loss to our communities. Um, but unfortunately, w- without a, a way of getting funds coming in, we, we can't keep flying. And I'm assuming you've gone to the government and said, help us. Yeah, so we, we have contacted the, the government that's in place. and We've uh, yet to hear from them in response to any support that may be coming. Um, and as I said, I just really want to be emphatic. This is interim funding until, I suppose, our society gets back to a sense of normalcy that we can fundraise in, in the way that charities do. And, and we're not the only charity that's out there and suffering, but we're a small charity. We, we've only launched the Air Ambulance eight months ago. We don't have the reserves of those larger charities. So interim funding is what's needed to keep this flying. That's the only hope we have left. OK, stay there because Tony Lucy is uh, one of your volunteers with the Air Ambulance and he's on the other line. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon, um, Patricia. From, I'm very well. From, uh, from a volunteer point of view, uh, this is very upsetting news, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, Patricia. Sick in my stomach to hear that this vital pre-hospital care system is going to be shut down all because of the lack of adequate funding from the government. They can they can throw billions at this coronavirus. What we would be looking for for this interim period would be loose change compared to what is being spent. Yeah. And as a volunteer are you out fund had had you been out fundraising? Oh we we had and indeed um as I stand here in the garage, I'm looking at the check up on the wall for a truck run that we had last year. We raised 15,320 wow. and 57 cents down at Wild Mill Street Business Shop. And I have spent a lot of time on the road, uh, fundraising and talking to people, just making people aware of the service and the value of the service. 
uh, especially in the Monster area, where we can reach almost everywhere in 22 minutes. So okay, yeah, okay. I, 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 yeah, okay, listen, I'll let you go, Johnny. The line isn't great, but thank you. Uh, we appreciate your contribution. And there's so many other volunteers, Ruth, like that, who have, have tirelessly worked, haven't they, to, to keep the ambulance going? Yeah, um, like, look, this this could be the last time, Patricia, we're talking. Um, and I, I, because of the fact that we'll have to ground this air ambulance next week, I want to say to every single person that has donated to us, that has fundraised for us, that has shared our story, the impact you guys have made has been phenomenal. And thank you so much. You're part of our community. And, you know, we're sorry that it has come to this stage. But the, the impact that every single person who fundraised and donated and did events for us, like Donny mentioned there, you know, without the Trojan work of those people, those 351 plus missions we have flown wouldn't have happened. So thank you to all of those people who, who supported us from before we went live all the way through. And, um, you know, if, as I said, our, our only hope is that interim funding support to keep us going until we can get back to a stage where we can adequately fundraise as charities do. But we, we need um, to obviously protect those people in our society now. That That's obviously key as well. But as Donny mentioned, you know, with COVID-19, this is vitally important we protect our society with that. But cardiac arrest and, and all these other, um, you know, serious uh, illnesses are occurring and, and we're, we're needed. So it'll be a, an absolute loss to every community that has relied on it to date. And, and you know, we're projected to do 600 missions um, this year if we were flying for the year. So... You know, that's a lot of people that Absolutely. we could have helped. That you, you know, we would all hope that we would never need the services of an air ambulance, but we never know when either ourselves or a family member will need it. Yeah, um, with my position within the charity, I have had the fortune to talk to people that we have saved, like their life has been saved. Um, you know, I spoke to a mother of a small baby that we, we helped um, last year and, and they're the real life impact of this service. It's real people. It's, um, you know, our own family members, ourselves, people we know in our community, a person from down the road, our neighbour. Um, anyone might need us at any given time and to think that we've only got a couple of days left of providing this service is, is just devastating. Absolutely devastating. Okay. Uh, listen, we'll keep in contact with you, uh, Ruth, and, and let's hope that the government does respond and as you say, it's only interim support is what you're looking for at the moment. And in the meantime, stay safe to you and all the rest of the gang at the Irish Community Rapid Response and thanks for joining us today. You too, thank you so much. Bye bye, bye bye. That is, you can hear it in her voice, the poor girl, uh, Ruth Bruton, who's the operations manager for the air ambulance. It will cease to fly, it'll be grounded from the 3rd of uh, April. 1850 Just a quick look at some of your texts in Kate. Oh, this is good news from Air. Uh, Kate says, Patricia, I've just seen on the Air website that the charge that was to come in for the Air Aircom email has been put on hold for now. It was due to begin at the end of the month. Okay, all right, we'll get the official word from Air on that. Thank you for drawing our attention to that, Kate. But that certainly is good news because a lot of people were going to end up losing their Aircom email if they didn't pay the charge and if they hadn't switched over and 
I think it was going to be, your email was live for a little while but then it would suddenly disappear and at a time like this we definitely definitely don't need that for sure we need to be all able to stay in contact with each other Eileen in Newmarket says oh I'm gutted to hear about the air ambulance it was such a backup just to know that it was there yeah it was one of the points I was making to Ruth you would just hope that you would never have to use it but just knowing it was there does give you some kind of relief uh, for sure Hi Patricia I'm a local from Donnerail in North Cork and I'm worried about the amount of people coming to Donnerail Park in the evenings since the COVID-19 pandemic the last few nights it's been nearly impossible to get parking there it's simply been so busy can the OPW not close it or leave the big gate open for people there's only one entrance open in the evening time and it's only three foot wide 80% of the people coming there are not from Donnerail so how can we manage to keep this COVID-19 from spreading with all this going on please don't read out my details I'm assuming that's going to be one of the parks at this weekend where Cork County Council and the, the Gardaí are going to be manning to make sure that the numbers of people are you know they'll move people on if there's too many people I'm assuming if that park gets full there will be somebody at the gate saying move along you know nothing to see here you can't park you can't go in there's too many people there because we're told that this weekend that the Gardaí Corner and Cork County Council will have traffic restrictions and patrols at beaches and amenity areas across Cork County so I'm assuming Donnerell Park will be one of those amenity areas and Eileen on on Bear Island who we hook up with and her self-isolation has sent us a gorgeous thought and reflection for the day Uh, it says a reflection in this time of uncertainty for the selfless day-to-day life of our home care workers and family caregivers we underestimate the power of what they give to our most vulnerable. A smile, a kind word, a listening ear, a compliment, a small act of kindness that can transform somebody's darkness into... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about... Work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. To a blaze of light. These wonderful people are the source of human tenderness. To all caregivers, we say thank you. You are so appreciated. Isn't that lovely? And that's from Eileen on Bear Island. Thank you for that, Eileen. You stay safe and have a nice weekend. This is the Court Today replay on C103. 
to chat to us about some movies you might want to watch while you're self-isolating and stuck indoors with all of your family is our movie reviewer Mark Malone. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. Uh, you're welcome. Now, firstly, a movie that's available on Netflix, Uncut Gems. Yeah, actually, before we talk about that, uh, can I just mention, by the way, that, uh, you know, movie studios at the moment are so desperate for yeah. people to watch their movies. Unfortunately, cinemas aren't uh, with us uh, at the moment. So they're making a lot of their films, their current films are made, uh, available on VOD, on video on demand. Just keep that in mind. Oh. So movies that, yeah, movies that would be in the cinemas right now are available for people to download. Uh, so films like Bloodshot and The Invisible Man that I downloaded, that I downloaded, that I didn't download, that I reviewed over the past two weeks are available to download right now. And I think in the next week, Sonic the Hedgehog will be available and uh, the new Pixar film Onward as well. Some of them are a little bit more expensive than others. Uh, bear that in mind. But they will be available to you. Brand new movies will be available to you to watch at home very soon. Wow, wow. OK, Uncut Gems. Yeah, this is uh, an Adam Sandler film who has kind of a, a deal with um, uh, with Netflix at the moment. I mean, some time ago, a couple of years ago, he uh, produced a film called The Ridiculous Six, which was kind of a... Uh, a western and wasn't really very good and over the years um his you know output has come been of varying quality that's i think that's probably the best way of putting it you know he, he would make a film like uh, uh, jack and jill a couple of years ago which is one of the worst films of the last 25 years and then he'd make something like punch drunk love for example for which he got very very good reviews which wasn't a comedy and people said to him look you know you're, you're you obviously have you know, hidden talents. You obviously have that you're a much better actor than people kind of give you credit for. Why don't you make more movies like this? But he obviously just wants to have fun, I think, and kind of make a lot of comedies. But because of that, a lot of his movies end up getting Razzies. You know, the Raspberry Awards. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think, as far as I know, he's just behind kind of Sylvester Stallone when it comes to the Razzies, and quite rightly so too, because he has made some terrible movies at his time. But he's also made some good ones, and I'm glad to be able to say that this is not just good. This is very, very good indeed. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk about him being nominated for an Oscar for this, which never happened. And I think it's a bit of a shame because he's very, very good in it. I mean, the character he plays is a really, really horrible, kind of nasty, kind of slimy kind of character, which reminds me of uh, Dustin Hoffman character of Rizzo in Midnight Cowboy. He's got that kind of sleazy kind of character. Uh, he's a New York jeweler um, who loves gambling. Unfortunately, uh, he's not very good at it. And because of that, of course, his debts uh, begin to mount and... Uh, uh, because of that, as a jeweler, you might think whether he can afford it. He has the money, but no, because, of course, he's lost so much money. He likes to kind of gamble, not just kind of average amounts. He, he gambles in the thousands. And the way in which he does that and the way in which he kind of gets money is basically to kind of wheel and deal. He takes money that isn't his to pay off other debts, to pay off his loans, to try and make other bets. And uh, as the New York jeweler, who's a big, big basketball fan, he deals with a lot of kind of basketball players who are some of the richest people in America. And he will borrow kind of really expensive jewelry for them. He will then go to a pawnbroker. He will pawn that for, say, $40,000. And then he will gamble that. And, of course, all the time, he's just waiting for that big payout. But, of course, the big payout doesn't, uh, doesn't come. He's chasing his losses. Exactly, yeah. and so and so that he's being chased constantly by by collectors who are closing in on him all the time, and he throughout the whole film, whilst they're closing in, looking for their money, he's kind of wheeling and dealing, taking money, still betting, still hoping for that kind of big result that that will happen, and uh, to, to kind of get him out of this whole mess. And so we're basically watching a two-hour, fifteen-minute movie of watching a man just completely destroy his life. Can then destroy the life of everybody around him. It really is quite extraordinary. 
Okay, and well worth a watch. And that's it's on Netflix, is it? It is indeed, and uh, it's uh, I think it's the third swearest film ever made. It's kind of fifteen third. It's not an easy watch. The whole thing is kind of frantic, and and there are times I had to stop watching. I have to admit, I look away because it's so difficult to watch. Yeah. Keep that in mind. But it is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I can. I almost could feel my anxiety levels go up as you were talking about what he was yeah, doing. Trust me, they will. Okay, so uncut gems. Um, market at ten. The only false note is he wears false teeth in this, which he didn't I'm, have to. I, I'm looking at a picture of him from the movie and he does look like he's got very bulging teeth. Yeah, he shouldn't have put the false teeth in. That was a shame. And that was the only false note for me because of that I'm going to take a point off. Oh, it. nine out of ten. Okay, nine well done. Ten. And then um, for download or streaming, Abominable. Yeah, this is for kind of really, really young kids, I think. And uh, this is made by DreamWorks. And uh, it came out very much around the same time of uh, another film with a kind of a similar kind of storyline called Smallfoot uh, last year. I think this is better than Smallfoot, even though I did quite like Smallfoot. And this is made by DreamWorks, which I didn't realise uh, when I'd watched it first of all, because when I first of all watched it, I thought it was kind of, it looked kind of cheap at times, but I think that was kind of obviously deliberate because DreamWorks have so much money and they obviously wouldn't make something that uh, was kind of less in quality than you would expect. It had a kind of $75 million kind of budget, I think. And you kind of warm to it after a while because of that, I think. And there are times where this film just looks so beautiful uh, you know your, your breath is taken away as are a, a lot of animated movies these days as it was last week for example with the Adams Family which is a little bit kind of a different kind of movie in tone I think this is very much for younger uh, kids whereas I think um, that one was for older kids uh, it's a film that um, is based around this little girl called Yi uh, who lives in Japan with her mother and uh, her grandmother she has lost her father so it's kind of the relationship between herself and her mother is a little bit kind of strained. And then one day she's on her rooftop and she meets this um, Yeti, this abominable snowman. At first she's not sure if it's male or female, but at one, at one stage he burps into her face and she goes, yep, that's a boy. <laughs> Which I thought was a bit sexist, but yeah. you know. But And so there's lovely moments like that throughout the whole film. So she realises that uh, he has been taken and uh, kidnapped by uh, this uh, character, uh, which is uh, voiced by Eddie Izzard, uh, who wants to basically just keep it as a pet. So she realizes she's got to get uh, the Abominable Snowman to get it back to um, to to Everest. So she calls him uh, Everest, and the story is about herself and her two of her pals on this journey to try and get him uh, back to uh, his family. And that's what the film is about, like a lot of these families uh, and these films are. I mean, there's, there's It's a friendship about, story. It, it's about family, yeah. uh, most of all, and that's how how important family is. There are times when it's extraordinarily beautiful. There are times, I think, you know, when you realise that it is for younger kids, but I'm a big kid anyway. I thought the film was beautiful. I thought it was funny at times. I think it's, you know, some of the action sequences are, are excellent. I did think some of the voices were a little bit kind of disappointing. Certainly, I thought that uh, Eddie Izzard kind of did phone in his, <laughs> uh, his, uh, his VO. The odd thing, too, is that uh, even though most of the actors are, are Japanese actors, for some reason, uh, the character of Yi here is voiced by Chloe Bennett. Which may, which for me, you know, is a false note. But it's one of the very few false notes uh, in the film. I think. I think you know, if you're there and you've got kids of around kind of, you know, six to twelve, I think they will absolutely adore this, and they will love it. And I loved it. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, it's one that the adults can sit and watch as well, which is always nice. Okay, abominable. You can download or stream it. Market out of ten. I give it eight. 
Eight out of ten. Okay, listen, have a good week and we'll talk to you, you next Friday. Stay safe. That's Mark Malone, our movie reviewer. Some of your final texts in. Hi, Patricia. I agree with you on people making money out of other people at this time. This is people putting up prices and price gorging. I near, I rarely get upset, but as a, as a carer, I buy disposable gloves. My usual place is a skibbereen is my usual place is a discount store. They normally charge five euro per box and it's a box of 100. Last week I went to the very same shop to purchase my usual box. I was appalled. They suddenly wanted 10 euro for the very same box. I told them politely that I wasn't happy and all I got was a shrug of the shoulders and a little bit of a smirk. I won't tell you what I wanted to shove those gloves. Um, and But I think you might guess. Needless to say, I'll be sourcing my gloves elsewhere. Stay safe all at C103 and thank you for keeping us uh, smiling when we hope that we're managing to do that but yeah, it's, it's frustrating and annoying and we're hearing more and more of it and it is just so wrong but yeah I mean if you if you do particularly think a shop is putting up the price of something then yeah go elsewhere and when COVID-19 is gone and COVID-19 will be gone remember that and to make sure you're, you're, you're going somewhere else uh, to source it uh, Patricia shops want people using bank cards with bank charge Will banks drop charges while this is going on? Every time you use your card, you charge. Yeah, we mentioned that earlier. The Bank of Ireland and AIB have wavered contactless fees for the duration of the COVID-19 outbreak, the pandemic. And they, they've also upped their prices. Haven't? They've upped how much you can pay. Irish banks and retailers and tech companies are aiming to increase the current €30 euro limit payment on the 1st of April and they're going to up it to I think it's €50. We'll keep an eye on that particular one as well. And Mike Fitzgerald who's done a lot of fundraising for the Air Ambulance was on to say we got great support for a recent fundraiser at Star Treks in Knocknagree. Great crowd attended uh, and some people were absolutely great with people handing us cheques and donations etc. But Mike says I was disappointed that some local shops where we handed in 20 tickets never sold even one but then on the flip side others did did really well. well. I think when, if the air ambulance, please God, it will get back up and running, that everybody just has to get behind us. That's all we just really have to do, that everyone has to get behind it and support us because, as I say, we never know when uh, we may actually uh, need it. Uh, hi Patricia listening about the air ambulance I wonder if they contacted the JP McManus fund would they be able to help out I'm sure they've gone to every source that they can absolutely uh, think of we'll keep a a close eye on this story Okay, I've got to wrap it up there uh, for today my thanks to John Paul and Sadie who've been on the phones this week and have worked incredibly hard I really appreciate the work that goes on behind the scenes Uh, so thank you to them both and and to you the listeners thank you for joining us uh, all week we'll be back with you on Monday morning in the meantime have a lovely weekend Stay safe and mind yourself. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you The Arts House. Every Sunday on C103. Hi, it's Elmery. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. On C103.